Welcome to In In It It Together. Together. I'm Jay. And I'm Courtney. And this is our podcast where we discuss mental health and self-improvement from a couple's perspective. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So happy to be here today. You're always happy to be here. I love being in this space. I love having these conversations and I love knowing that people are listening to us. Yeah, no, it is special for us to be able to share our experiences and share, you know, the things we've learned. And I think we're going to do a little something different this time, right? We normally have a rough idea of kind of where we're going with things in, in, a, in a structure, um, but we're going to just be a little bit more personal, right? We've kind of gotten that request too. Like people want to hear a little bit more of our personal stories and, and you know, who we are individually. So we're going to share that a little bit with you guys in the context of, you know, what we do, right? Healing and uh, self-improvement. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what our journey has looked like. Like, what does healing look like, right? Because a lot of people have this misconception of what it is to be healed, right? And you're never fully healed. We're always, it is a journey, it is a destination. So it's always working towards something. And that's the first misconception, right, that uh, people think that, okay, you know, once we heal our trauma, is it going to be completely different for us, right? What does that look like? And people have anxiety around, am I going to be a different person, right? Am I going to be the same person that I was? Am I going to want to be in the relationship that I was in before, right? Am I going to look at my partner differently and are they not, uh, am I not going to want to be with them? Are they not going to want to be with me? And there's a lot of anxiety around like, what does it look like to be healed? And obviously, first of all, it is a journey. So it's not linear. Exactly. So it's going to ebb and flow, but talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it looks like to be healed. You said a lot of good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. Were you thinking any of that stuff? Hey, we're just free-flowing here, right? So, this <laughs> um, is the- what I want to say is the biggest question I get, right? I can't, on, on all platforms, how do I know when I'm healed? And it's like, I can't tell you that because that doesn't exist. And nobody wants to hear that. But the reality is, is that healed is a personal, not so much a decision, but it's, it, it really comes down to what healed would look like for you. You know, so I always push back, was like, well, what what would a healed version of you do? How would you live your life? You know, what does healed look like? It all depends on the footsteps that you want to walk in. What are the things that matter most to you? So for an example, someone would someone might say, you know, healed for me is the fact that, you know, I can get up every day and I can love who I am and as a person. That could be healed for someone. Whereas for someone else, healed could be, you know, I, I want to be able to make sure that I can control my triggers. I get that I'm going to have triggers, but they don't control me. So maybe for that person that's healed. And then you might have someone that has a list of things. It really is an individual process. And the reason why healing isn't linear is because we're constantly growing. So what healed will look like like to us changes as we grow and as we mature and as we open our minds to new concepts and new things we understand that wait a minute I think that's what healing looks like for me I think I want to add that and that's what you mean by you never healed up as in past tense you're always healing yeah you get to define what healing looks like for you right and it could be different for every every person it's like success right success can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people right 
there's monetary success, there's relationship success, there's success, you can find, be successful in a lot of different facets of your life. And you can find that some people want to be millionaires and some people are happy just making enough that they're not struggling every day, right? So it's different for every person, right? So it's the same way. Healing is different and you get to define what healing means to you and what it looks like for you. Exactly. I mean, we didn't get to choose our traumas, right? Because I sure as hell wouldn't have chosen mine, right? We don't get to choose that. We don't have a say in those things. But the beauty of healing is, is like you said, we have a say. So you're sitting around saying, well, what does healed look like? You're waiting to get healed, but yet you haven't put out into the universe. You haven't made the decision as to how you want to heal. And so you have to take that step. You have to sit there and say, okay, well, this is what a healed version of me would look like. These are the things that I want for myself. Okay, now you know what healing is going to look like. Like people ask me to tell them what healed looks like. And it's because they don't have that self-awareness for like what what it should be for them. And so I think that that's really important is that you sit down and say, like, I have control of this. And that's what's exciting about healing trauma. The process itself is challenging. It's hard. It's not easy. Right. But the simple fact that you get to dictate what that's going to look like is the beauty in it. Yeah. And we talk about like transforming our traumas. Right. In in previous podcasts. And that's where it begins. Right. You once you no longer are controlled by your triggers, right, you get to transform that into something that's valuable for your life, right? And again, that could be completely different from person to person, from trauma to trauma, but you get to dictate that, right? Once you become aware and you have that control, right, then you can make the decision as to what you want in your life and what you don't want in your life. And again, that's that's the power, right, that we try to give you guys, Healing is owning and taking hold of that power. So these triggers no longer control you, do not longer dictate who you are, who you want to become. And it becomes just you being the best version of yourself, whatever that may be. And you just you just dropped a gem, the best version of yourself. I hear this all the time. I hear everybody say, I just want to be the best version of myself. Well, guess what? You can't be the best version of yourself until you can radically accept all parts of yourself, even the parts that were rejected by other people, the parts that were hurt by other people, the parts of yourself that you had to create out of a trauma response to survive then that no longer serve you now. Every single one of those parts you need to love and accept because you cannot change something you can you haven't accepted. You can't say, I need to heal this part of myself if you haven't accepted it, if you reject it, if you suppress it. So before you can even be the best version of yourself, you need to love yourself as you are 100% without judgment in this moment. And and really, that's where it starts. And that's the self-compassion piece. Yeah, absolutely. Like the self-compassion is such a big integral part of this, right? Because it's like I talk a lot about like taking that hard look in the mirror and seeing the things that you don't like. But it's also accepting those things, right, as part of you because you can't change something that you are rejecting, right? So you have to accept those things before you can make the changes that you want. Remember, in those parts of yourself that have been rejected by another person or by yourself, if you reject yourself again, all you're doing is furthering your healing process. If you say, oh, I hate that about myself. I want nothing to do about that because someone else growing up told you that that part of yourself wasn't worthy or wasn't good enough. 
right? And you push that away. All you're doing is taking their, you're just putting your your feet in their shoes and saying, yeah, I'm taking the role on as, as abuser here. You have to be like, no, maybe they didn't like that about, about myself. And maybe this is something that I want to change about myself, but it's part of who I am in this very moment. And I accept it. I accept it and I love it. And I love myself enough to say, thank you for serving me. As long as you did, you no longer serve me now. And it's time to replace it with something else. And that's really important when you're asking the question, what does healed look like? You have to be able to answer that for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. So let's go into like what what is like the before and after, right? Because a lot of we get a lot of those questions too, right? What is what is the before and what's the after? So for you, um, what is what was Courtney before healing and what was Courtney after healing? Courtney before healing. Wow, it's been a while. It's been a while. And I'm gonna say this. I love her. And it's been a long time process a long time coming there was a point in time where I didn't accept anything of myself but I could accept anything from someone else and for the first time I accept and I love my old self for everything that she was because you know what she was a badass and she got me to where I was and she she got me out of hell and so I, I, I got to love her for that. And, and maybe I'm not proud of the ways I got out of hell, but I sure got out of there. So I loved her. She and, and I and I speak about her because she's she's still here. You know, she's still a part of me. I just I'm the one that leads. She's in there. It's her break now. It's her time to just live life. Now it's my turn to live mine. And I was very insecure. I really struggled with maintaining friendships. I felt like I always had to be liked. And if I wasn't liked, something was wrong with me. I used to what I would refer to as a people pleaser, but people pleaser sounds cute. Like, oh, you're such a people pleaser. Self-sacrificing sounds more like what I used to do. I used to self-sacrifice everything about myself for someone else. And you know, the new me doesn't do that as much. I have to remind myself that people have feelings, Courtney. You probably should do something nice in this moment. And, you know, and it all comes down with this question that now comes automatically. Took me a long time. What have you done for yourself today? Have you done anything for yourself today? You haven't? Ugh. Then you probably shouldn't do anything for anybody else right now. You need to do this for yourself. And that's something that the new Courtney's working on. But the old Courtney, mm-mm. She would have self-sacrificed anything for anyone at the cost of herself. That That's who I was. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that because that was a lot of the arguments, right? It's like, you don't need to do that for me or the best thing you can do for me or for the family is to do what's best for you. Remember how pissed off you would? Okay, hold on. Oh, yeah. Remember, I, I, no, I didn't say it as, as nicely as I just said it then. Yeah. Remember, though, like, no, he didn't. Remember, though, like, I would do something for you. Like, and it was a something I would self-sacrifice myself. You didn't even ask me. And then I would get pissed because you weren't receiving of it or I didn't get the thank you that I wanted. And you would look at me and be like, I didn't ask you to do this. And then I would be heated because the whole reason behind what I was doing, you'd say, you're not doing this for me. You're doing this for yourself. And that used to piss me off because I'd be like, no, I'm doing this for you. But the reality was, is that I was doing those things to guarantee that you still loved me. I was doing those things to make sure that I had security in my relationship. I was doing those things to make sure you weren't going to leave, that you weren't going to dispose of me, di- you know, discard me or or, or any of those things. So I, I did all of those things as, as just, you know, to seal the deal, just to reassure that he wasn't going to go anywhere. But I was doing that for my unmet need of, of, of my abandonment. And now I don't do that. I've told you before, I don't need you. I choose you. You know, before the old Courtney. You got that line for me, though. Okay, whatever. I, I got that line from you and I'm, and I'm going to use it, okay? But yes, you used to say that to me. I don't need you. I choose you. And I hated that. Like, what do you mean you don't need me? To not feel needed 
was at the core of my abandonment, was at the core of who I was, is I need to know I'm needed. But once you realize that someone doesn't need you, but they want you, is when badassery comes out, you know? Because now I recognize the the old Courtney, it was, I need to be needed, you know? I, I wanted to serve everybody, you know? And you know where that came from? Every time I think about this, I just want to puke. Courtney, do you know what your name means? The one who attends the court. So basically you're a maid. <laughs> That's what all my family would mean. Now my name is Courtney, the one who doesn't give a fuck about the people in the court and takes care about herself. I got to change the definition of what my name meant for me. You know, but people would make fun of me and my family that that's what your name was. The one who attends the court, which means you're pretty much a maid. And so I grew up thinking I had to do that. I had to serve people. And now I can still serve someone if I want to, but because I want to do that for them, because it's going to be an experience for them. If it's not going to be experience for them, then it's not going to add any value to me and it's only going to take from them because they don't want that. And that was a really hard thing for me to learn was that I don't have to wait. I I don't wait on you hand and foot anymore, but I'll ask you, would you like a drink or something? And you'd say, yes, honey, that would be fantastic. Or no, thank you. And every once in a while, the old Courtney just comes strolling in, wanting to go over there and do some self-sacrificing behavior. And I'll have to look at her and say, we love you. And that behavior is not needed. Go take care of yourself. Um, so that's what healed looks like. Healed exactly. means that's constantly. That's exactly what healed looks like, right? So. Healed means walking in the footsteps between those two people. Because every once in a while, the more healed version of you takes over. And every once in a while, you step into the old footsteps of the other one. It's never 100%. That person's never gone. You wouldn't want them to be gone. Because they're the ones that got you here. So shouldn't they be able to see you being successful? You know, shouldn't they be able to see see that? So for me, that's that. Those were big changes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, where we're we're the polar opposites of each other, right? Because that was completely different from me, right? You those unfortunately, uh, like, and these are the arguments we used to have, right? Because those were selfish reasons, right? There were selfish reasons why you were trying to serve everyone because it was for your for your own reassurance. Because that's how you seeked it, and that's how you 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 were taught to that to receive it right because you were taught that your value was completely linked with what other people thought of you right and the way you change how people thought of you is is to serve them right i was a complete opposite yep complete opposite let's talk about that yeah okay because of rad you know we've talked about that extensively right on on other podcasts I didn't have a, I didn't I never felt a need to to please or want or, or 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 even care about what other people thought, right? So I that was that was kind of my baggage, right? I I could care less what you thought about me or what anybody thought about me. It was only about what I thought about myself, right? So, you know, and I had I thought really highly of myself, which was a good thing, right? It helped me through a lot of things. Um, so I didn't have a problem with ego and I didn't have a problem with serving anybody or, or wanting them to serve me. So that was kind of, you know, my growth was being able to be more open and consider other people's, you know, thoughts and feelings when it pertained to like, you know, what I was doing. Right. Because it was important. It was important to share that with my kids, important to share that with with people around me. And that was even in our relationship, right? So it was a there was a lot of work there, a lot of inner child work because that came from that rad comes from from that, right? From a lot of neglect when I was very young, 
right? So I always felt like I was alone. I was always, and I'm not alone. You know, there's a lot of people that care and love me and, and that I need to embrace, right? Let into my inner circle because there's a lot of love there that I can provide, that I can give without having to push everybody out of my life because I don't want anyone. Yep. And that was the difference. Well, right? when we talked about attachment styles, when we did the series, right, you know, I was the anxiously attached and you were the dismissive avoidant. What a dynamic that was, right? And, you know, really what we're looking at here was is, you know, we would have these conversations. So where I was like super, what, oh my God, this part, he's mad at me. Oh my God, what does this mean? Like, it was like, you didn't care. You didn't care what you said. You didn't care how you said it to me. It was like, deal with it you know I don't care and it was you having to learn like wow how I said that really hurt your feelings and and I and it wasn't intentional it was just like other people's feelings didn't not matter to you but your feelings were were, were here because no one ever you know did that for you you know you had the reactive attachment disorder which caused you to push people away I didn't so, live in feelings like feelings were not a part of my language it was like no you know, because if you felt then then the pain that you went through would have been too much exactly if you allowed so, yourself to feel forget it yeah, so I didn't. I didn't. And now, like, none of my relationships, like, it wasn't about feelings. It was about, okay, this makes sense logically. And if it makes sense logically, then you should, you know, understand Logic that. is what saved you, except healing requires emotion. You're right. And I lived in an emotional world, and I needed some logic to make sense of my emotions. And so that's where we kind of came in. We became that perfect yin and yang for yeah. each other, right? So where you were overly emotional, I was over logical. And it kind of, it worked. It worked for us. And, but... As we had these discussions and as we as we went through our own journey through healing, then we could open ourselves to each other in a way that we learned from each other and that we understood each other much more fully. And then that's where our real healing started to take place, right? That's where I could get into my own emotions and see how you know what happened in my childhood affected me as a as a man, right? Affected me communicating with you communicating with anyone you know i can be much more emotional and take those things into account where again you aren't as emotional in in the sense that you don't allow that emotion to control your decision making anymore and you know that again that's what healing looks like for us right and and it's not to say that you're not going to get triggered you're going to get triggered all the time it's not to say that you're not going to have big emotions we are emotional human beings we need to have them it is just to say that you have a deeper understanding a deeper level of acceptance you have the tools and the skill sets to be able to work through things and that is the difference people are so afraid of healing i literally had someone say to me and this to this day cracks me up am I not going to like pineapple on my pizza anymore? And I was like, I don't know about that. You might not. Those things don't really change. But what you may find, right? You may find that, hmm, I don't like that TV show. I don't like eating at that restaurant. Because you started to recognize that a lot of the decisions that you made were to please other people. So if you're no longer a quote-unquote self-sacrificer, because I'm not going to like people pleasing, if you don't do that anymore, you may see that some of the things that you used to do are for everybody else and you don't like them. You know, and I recognize that in myself. Like I used to, I, I, I mean, I can think of a, a hundred different things. Like cooking was something that I used to love to do. I love to serve people. And then I went through this phase with my healing journey where I didn't want to do it. And I recognized why. I recognized because I was parentified at a very young age and it was my responsibility to make sure people ate in the house. And if I didn't take food out to defrost, I was grounded. I was punished. I was consequence. I, consequence, I was called names, you know. And so it was like, I don't want to do that anymore. So, you know healing is is healing's wild 
it's so wild because I look back and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how I survived like that. I, I don't know how I did, but that's what I did. I survived. Healing is literally going from surviving to thriving. And that's just the difference, right? You're no longer just making it. You're no longer just getting through fights and stuff. You're going to start to see that more happens. And that's what I saw for myself. And then you start to evolve, right? You start to see the things that you want to be, right? It's like a lot of the times you're so you're so much in that fight or flight chaos world right that chaotic world that we find ourselves in as survivors of trauma that you don't see like you know the the immensity of the world you can't see the forest through the trees right because you're so locked into this little bubble that we created for ourselves that we called you know our our traumatic existence once you start to get through that, right? Once you start to find your way through this healing journey, you start to see, oh, oh, well, there's a beach down there, you know, that I'd like to check out. Oh, that's nice. Exactly. Or there's, you know, there's a meadow that I'd like, that, that, that there's grass in. You start to see these things that you didn't even know were there any, uh, yet. And that's, that's when it gets really good, right? Because it's like you start to expand. The beauty. Yeah, exactly. You start to see the beauty in what you can be. And it's no longer okay just surviving. But like you said, it's thriving. You have hope. You have hope and you're like, yeah, I can accomplish that. You go from, I don't know if I'm ever going to heal to, I hope to God I don't stop. Really? And that's what I thrive on it. It's such a habit for me. I'm like, oh, what can I do? What book can I read? What can I? Because it's for the first, it's having that control. You know, and I think that that's so important. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I was happy that I could share this little bit of us and we could talk about it. Yeah. And I think we do that a lot with our community. Right. And we, we should talk about that a little bit because community is is a big part of it as well. It's right. key to healing. You need to surround yourself with the people. We are fortunate enough to have each other. But it was tough, like at the beginning, because it was just me and you and a lot of that the, was tough. A lot of the relationships. And it's funny because it's like, you you know, I, I have these a lot of superficial, I don't want to say superficial, but... They're not deep. Yes, relationships right at the beginning. Like, we're forging these deeper relationships with, with people around us because we've surrounded ourselves with like-minded people that want to go on the same journey. I wish we, 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 we know the healing community. I wish we did. I wish we had this at the beginning of our healing, you know? It's the two things that we need are to feel understood and to understand. And I feel like we get that. We get that there. Yeah, so talk about uh, our healing community. So if if you're listening to our podcast and you haven't supported us through Patreon, or you haven't seen the TikTok lives or all the other stuff that Courtney does, um, you might not know that we have this healing community yes. through Patreon. Um, so talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, so we have a healing community and it's just, it's so dynamic. It's It's, I just can't say enough about it. It's full of people. You know, when we think about trauma the trauma community is massive the healing community is small and it's this group of people that are just from different walks of life with all different traumas and different things all coming together to heal as as, as you know as a collective you know we didn't get hurt by by just one person we were hurt by the hands of many the ones who failed us we will heal by the hands of many and so the healing community is just that every month i do like this awesome newsletter and it's like 30 days to whatever we're working on and june's all going to be about feeling your feelings you know there are we we offer like support groups i'm going to be doing workshops starting next month there's a news feed it's like it runs like facebook but it's healthy and everybody can just add stuff on there i do shadow work and inner child work it's literally it's it's 
it, it takes a village, right? It's this village of people who are healing and we all kind of contribute to it. And I facilitate it and run it and keep it safe. And we're all just kind of moving forward. We're all growing laterally, you know, parallel to one another. And it's a perfect place if you don't have a good group of friends or you don't have family or you can't afford therapy right now. You know, it's the perfect place for you to go to start that process or to pick up where you left off. Yeah, and it starts at uh, $5.99 a month that you can join uh, the Patreon Live group. And then, you know, again, you get a lot of different yeah. access to a lot of different things. There's different tiers, of course. If you need more support, uh, we do like Zoom calls for the upper tiers. You're going to do the webinars that are, are, are going to be free for the upper tiers. So absolutely. And the best part is, is no matter what tier you sign, you get exclusive private lives with me every Sunday that are much more intimate and engaged. Yeah, absolutely. The people rave about them all the time and we get a lot of feedback about it. And it's it's a great opportunity, like I said, to to go into a place that's safe, first of all, and 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 discuss like the stuff that you guys are going through and and get the assistance and get the feedback that you guys need to either start the healing journey or to, you know, expand and to move forward. And again, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, surrounding yourselves with people that want the same thing. We attract what we are, not what we want. So you can want to be healed all you want, but until you start acting and start surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded and the same, you're not going to attract it. Exactly. You need to show up as the person that you want to be. And the person that you're going to want to be healed is the person that's in a healed community, the person that's attending the lives, that's going to the workshops, that's getting the ed- psychoeducation that they need so that you become healed. You can't wait till you're healed and then say, okay, I'm going to do this. It's, the quite, it's quite the opposite. So, you know, I, I can link something in the episode description of this podcast and, you know, check it out, see what it does for you. So let's talk a little bit before we end this on what are the signs that you're healing? Oh, this is my favorite because guess what? Everybody thinks it's cupcake and rainbows. So it's not. Signs that you're healing. You ready for this, guys? Take some notes. You're going to feel mentally exhausted. You are going to feel so run down that you could sleep 22 hours in a row and wake up and feel like, I'm still tired. And that's because your body's coming out of fight or flight. That cortisol is no longer pumping in your system and your body's literally coming out of fight or flight. So you're going to feel really yucky afterwards. It's like detoxing. Okay. It's going to take some time. You are going to lose interest in things. You're going to think, oh my God, I'm depressed. Something's wrong with me. I don't want to be in this world no more. I hate my job. I hate my family. I don't like anybody. Nope. You're not depressed at all. You are a human being, not a human doing. So your body is going to want to just be. It's not going to want to have big emotions all the time. It's not going to want to make people happy. You're not even going to care if you got clean clothes. Like whatever. Do I have to eat today? Can I go with cereal? Is there anything in the fridge that does not have mold on it? You are literally just going to want to do the bare minimum and that is okay. If you have been running your whole life from a lion and you finally break down and you are so tired because the lion is no longer there, you are going to go into a deep rest active healing and restful healing it's healing you don't have to actively be doing something to heal restful healing is key and so you're going to think something's wrong with you your personality is going to change we talked about this people pleasing sounds cute self-sacrifice you're not going to sacrifice nothing you're going to almost feel selfish and someone might even say that you're selfish. You're going to be like, I don't care. All the things that you used to do for other people so that they would like you, your body says, hey, guess what, Courtney, Jay, whatever, 
you know you don't have to do that no more, right? Like you don't have to act like that because like if they don't like you, it's not a big deal. And you're going to be like, oh, really? And then you don't do it because you don't care. So you're going to go on the complete other end. So you're going to have to remind yourself, that's your kid. They need to eat dinner. You got to get up and make them dinner. You got to make sure they have clean clothes. That's your spouse who loves you and was there through you through hell. So now you got to give a little. And so that's what those are some signs that you're healing. You know, you're just going to be like, ah, I don't want to be here. You're going to look at your job. You're going to be like, I don't like any of these people. I don't. I don't like any of these people. Why am I here? That is okay. Maybe you chose that career when you were unhealed. Maybe you're starting to realize and wake up. I don't like this and I don't like anybody that I'm around. That is okay. It's just about not being impulsive with these decisions or thinking something's wrong. You didn't think anything was wrong when you were unhealed. So now you got to give this some patience and time too and allow yourself to slowly get used to what it feels like to not live in a chaotic environment. Yeah, it's all about control, right? Because if if your whole life trauma has controlled you and has got has pushed you in a direction, right? And all of a sudden you have the control now. You're like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing right now? Well, you know, and, and that's what it is. It's you establishing control over your trauma. And that can look like what you said, right? It's you could feel like you're depressed. You're not, you're not as driven as you as you were. You don't have the same interests. It's all part of it. You know, don't be afraid. You're going to get through that. It's just you reestablishing control now. And now you get to choose who's in your life, what you care about, what you're responsible for. And that's the beauty of it. Yes. And, and I just want to touch on one thing. You had said some people are afraid to heal because they don't know if they're going to want to be with their significant other. That is going to happen because you're going to look at them and you're going to look at them differently. You're going to call them out on things you never used to call them out on for. You're going to tell them things bothered you that you never used to complain bothered you before. Even though it did really bad, you just never said anything. The relationship is going to rock a little bit. But it needs to rock. You need to shake things up because you need to let go of anything that's stagnant and that's holding you back. So as long as you're communicating with your spouse, like, look, or your partner, these are the things that I'm struggling with right now. You can work through it together, but understanding that you cannot walk in your authentic footsteps in learning to love yourself and be healed in the same freaking shoes you wore when you were unhealed. It's not going to work. So you have to understand that 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 the people in your life are going to look different to you, that the things you used to do, those self-sacrificing things in the relationship that your other that your spouse may have enjoyed or whatever, they're not going to get those things no more. Because we have to find how we can give to our partners from a place that's not trying to prove to us that we are worthy. And we also have to have balance. We can't go from constantly loving and hugging our spouses to be like, fuck you, I don't care if I see you today. That's not healthy and that's not, you know, that's, that's not conducive to a healthy relationship. But it can be like, man, I don't have to give them 10,000 kisses today and tell them I love them all day long. Maybe just one before bed is okay. You know, it's finding that balance. And it's also communicating to them that you haven't done anything wrong in this situation. This is me healing. Or these are things that you've done in the relationship that I really don't like that I've never spoke about and I wanted to talk about it. That's all that that is. And if you can keep the lines open, you can keep the relationship moving. Yeah, that's definitely key. Because I, I even remember like the first time you said, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, really? You didn't you don't you don't like that? I do that. Well, you know, and you, we we what do you mean you don't out. like it? <laughs> exactly. We figured it out and we move, we move past it because that's that's what a health, healthy relationship looks like. Right. That you, you can communicate your needs. And we've talked about this in other podcasts. Right. With the healthy relationship podcast uh, series. Sorry that. 
that's what a healthy relationship is, right? Keeping those lines of communication where you're comfortable telling your partner, hey, I don't like that. And they're, they're okay, done, you know, you don't like that. I can stop that. And then, you know, the same and, and, and the same vice yeah. versa. And it's also telling your partner what you want and need. And that's the hardest part is all of a sudden you're going to have an unmet need and you're going to want that partner to fulfill that need. Whatever it is, you want a hug, an intimate need, whatever it is, and you're going to all of a sudden be like, this is what I need from you. And it's going to feel raw and you're going to feel vulnerable and you're going to you're going to be rejection sensitive over here. Like, oh, my God, what if they say no? And for the most part, your partner's going to be like, all right, I can do that for you. I just didn't know. And you're going to be like, oh, why didn't I ask that 15 years ago? <laughs> it's OK. Yeah. And that's all part of it. It's all part of the journey. And and don't be afraid of it. You know, face it head on. Understand that, that these are the things that you're going to go through. Can't be afraid just attract what you want. Absolutely. I don't think I could have said that better myself. And you sometimes say that about me. We like finish each other's thoughts over here, but like better. I think that's fantastic. And you know what? That's another sign I was healing. I would have took that wrong. I would have took that personal that you said it better than me. So you must be better. And I'm over here like, whoa, go you. Well, that's a good, that's an aha moment for me guys that I just got to share with you. There you go. So we'll end the podcast here. I, th I hope you guys got a lot of good information from it. And uh, we this is a little different format. So let us know how you like this format. And um, till next time, guys. So guys, if you aren't following me already, you can find me on TikTok at ask.courtney, on Instagram at askcourtney underscore, and on YouTube at askcourtney. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future podcast, you can reach us at podcast with an S at epiphanymedia.com. We'd love to hear your stories, guys. So make sure to reach out. And as always, we're all in this together. So stay safe. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. Till next time.